Welcome back to the Shrimp Fried Talk Show. I am your host, Fabian Chamancho. And today's episode is going to be a little bit different. And we can start that difference off by noting, you may have noticed, that the title has no feature. No FT, no feet. They're in like every song, but they're not here today. And that is because there is no guest. I know. I know. Boo! You suck! I hate you! And that's completely valid. I understand completely. (laughs) But, you know, I wanted to try something different. And today's episode is going to be a solo episode. And so if that's kind of a turnoff, I completely understand. But if you enjoy the, I would say, sweet and silky sound of my voice, but I'd only be lying. (laughs) But, you know, if you find this worth listening to, then, you know, thank you for sticking around. This is my first solo episode. And with these solo episodes, I kind of want them to be kind of like a collection of stuff that wouldn't necessarily work as a full episode. But that being said, maybe bits and pieces eventually could with the right people, the right guest. Wink, wink. I only say that because who knows, maybe maybe a topic covered here will be a full episode. Woo! The opportunity to talk about things without doing it for an hour. I just want to keep these kind of super self-contained. As we get into the end of the episode, I'll actually have more information to give about that self-contained kind of nature I'm, I'm wanting to attribute to these. Seeing as I want them to be a collection of things, today we have quite the agenda. And that is... Let me go and just list this off. All right, here we go. We want to talk about a little update on the state of things regarding the show. I'm going to kind of introduce myself to you guys a little. We're a few episodes in, but... I realize I'm a complete stranger to some of you, and I don't want to get super way too familiar with a lot of you. But it'd be nice if we, you know, we we knew each other a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? I want to talk about last school year a little bit. There's a couple of funny stories there, a couple of funny stories about even this last summer. I wouldn't really say they're funny, just just stuff to talk about, man. Man, yeah, I guess we're already getting closer, you know, just within, we've been alone for barely like a minute and a half and we're already we're 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 on man we're bros all right <laughs> and then we'll have a little review section we'll have a review about about we'll have a little review about mortal kombat 1 and teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem and then we'll cap this episode off with just a few ideas that i have for moving forward and so without really any further ado let's just get right into it So, update on the state of things regarding the show. Now, this episode should release around the same time as another feature episode that I have for October. And so, as you may have noticed with the last three episodes, including this one, that have released, the audio quality isn't quite the same as it used to be. And I can explain, and that's what I'm going to do. There is an episode I recorded with my friend Yared with a Y. A while back and it was probably it it is my favorite one and that is because there's that energy there's that chemistry there was just there was a certain vibe now it probably helps that Yared is someone I've known since I was eight or nine years old I've known him half of my life at this point and like it's the half that matters like really matters too you know we've known each other for a long time we've been really good friends we have that chemistry that we've built up over the years, and that's kind of how we hang out here and I. We just talk. We always have a lot to talk about, a lot to say. And But also, he was here in the studio with me. He was sitting across from me, and we could see each other, and we could laugh at each other. We can laugh with each other. It just it's, it's a lot easier to have a conversation, to have that energy, to be, I guess, just in the conversation if you can actually physically see each other. And I'm going to apologize right now. This episode might not be as energetic as the last few. And that's just because, I mean, I have no guest. It's just me. So I'm going to try to emulate the energy. I'm going to try to keep it up and, you know, keep my tone of... I'm, I'm relatively monotone on my own. And so I'm really hoping that I'm able to just keep it not monotone the whole episode. There was just a certain energy that we captured. And that's down to the fact that we're really good friends. And he was right here with me and i wanted to try to replicate that moving forward and so my attempt at doing that and i think it's going quite well 
was to buy some sound equipment in the summer, nothing too crazy, something portable, something I can take with me literally anywhere. But, you know, we'd meet up in their place or mine, and with my new little thing, which is literally just a couple of recorders and some microphones that plug into them, and it's, like I said, it's extremely portable, just meet up and talk, and then we're out. Now, it definitely has its caveats, like, for instance, uh, we might not meet up in the most soundproof, perfect room ever. And that's also because I wanted the portable setup because I like the idea of us recording some episodes outside here and there. And, well, this works perfectly for that. I just need to buy some of those little cattail, fluffy little microphone filter things. <laughs> but, yeah, we recorded in person. And though the audio quality might not be as great as, say, a studio microphone that it has been used for the last for the first three episodes, I think the actual content itself benefits from it, the actual quality of the content itself. Because back then we're doing it purely digital for the most part, and it's just, there's lag, it leaves room for awkwardness, or you can't see each other, and so it's kind of harder to just laugh or do any of that, be energetic. And so that was my hope with the setup, and so far I think it's working. Uh, it's just a matter of finding a proper way to like edit this and figuring out the kinks of the microphones and the editing software. I had a little oopsie. I accidentally had the recorders recording at different bit rates, and so that's probably why episodes sound a little weird. <laughs> but it should be fixed going forward. But yeah, that's kind of the update on the state of things. Of course, I'm willing to do episodes online still. But if I can record an episode with a person in person, I think that's definitely going to be the way to go. And i got a lot of plans regarding this. And we can get into more of that near the end of the episode. But yeah, that's the quick update. Sound quality might not be quite as great, but I think the actual content will benefit from this. And now we're into the part where I introduce myself. In Jan late January of 2023, it's October now. I saw a demographic that had shown that episodes of the show, at least on Spotify, had way more downloads than people I knew. <laughs> and so I realized I'm a stranger to a lot of you. And also, I had a listener in a different country, which is absolutely insane. That is awesome. That's crazy. That's really cool. I wanted to kind of talk about my interests for a minute, and I'm, I'm sure after a few episodes... We kind of picked up on it a little bit, but it's, it's always nice for us to get close. <laughs> it's kind of a meme, but I seem to mention the webbed wall crawler, webhead, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Miguel O'Hara. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. I mention Spider-Man a lot. It's, it's a kind of a meme between my friends and I and anyone else who listens to this show. They'll tell me, like, oh, well, there's a Spider-Man mention. And that is because, and this is going to sound so geeky, nerdy, dorky, I don't even know what the right term is, but that's kind of what I'm interested in, this that kind of area of things. But I have such a passion for that character, everything that he stands for, the way that he has been written, not the way that he's currently being written. I cannot stand modern Peter Parker, but just... Peter Parker, I, I've always loved the character. Like I said, everything he stood for, even uh, whether it be like his actual character motivations, the way he's written, or the reasons that he's written. You know, Stan Lee wanted to, he wanted to pave the way for this new kind of superhero. He put the man before this, the spider in Spider-Man. And so Peter Parker, he's a real human being who has real human being struggles and... As the reader, you get to experience that with him. It feels so personal. Especially, you know, my favorite era of Spider-Man comics um, is probably early, just the earlier era. The Ditko era slash John Romita senior era. This kind of the early era, uh, era of Spider-Man. So high school slash college slash early adult life. And that's always been my favorite because honestly, so many of the good stories happen there. If it be my destiny, Spider-Man no more. If I, yeah, Spider-Man no more. The night when Stacy died. Just to name a few. There are so many stories that happened. The, the introduction of the Sinister Six. 
But, you know, regardless, like I said, I don't want to get into that because, you know what, Spider-Man, I could talk about him for hours. And so maybe I will at one point. Spider-Man episode. That era is my favorite. And as I get older and I get closer to that era of his, I'm, I'm literally in my college era. For my favorite era to be kind of him in that college age, it's crazy because I don't exactly 100% relate to him. Of course not. But there are certain things that he says or does or thinks. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's. He's literally me. <laughs> now, I, I hope to not relate to Peter Parker too much because I, I would prefer if my girlfriend wasn't thrown off of a bridge by a crazy green lunatic. And right now, Miles Morales is finding his place in the world in kind of the... I say that like he's a real person. But, you know, I remember whenever he was first introduced, nobody really wanted to give him a chance. But after the Spider-Verse movies, after the games... He's starting to become more popular, and I think that's so great. I think Miles Morales is also an excellent Spider-Man. I don't know as much about him as Peter Parker, and he doesn't have as much history as Peter Parker yet, but I look forward to the point to where he will, where he will be just recognized as Spider-Man, because that's another problem. A lot of people don't want to refer to him as Spider-Man when, well, he is. He is Spider-Man. All of them are. But anyway, I love Spider-Man, okay? And that's kind of my interest, just that whole field, you know, the comics and whatnot. I'm more, I've always been more of a Marvel guy, but DC's fine, too. I like Batman, I like Superman, I like Wonder Woman. Oh, he just named the, the DC Trinity, so he's basic. I'm also into, like, Star Wars and stuff. Now, here's the thing. I like all of these things I just said, but right now I'm not as interested into them, and I think that's just because there's, like, oversaturation just up the wazoo. I don't know why I said it like that. The wazoo. There are just so many things out there that it's kind of hard to enjoy it anymore. Star Wars, I used to be so excited, but then Mandalorian Season 3 came out after Book of Boba Fett came out, and then I didn't even watch Ahsoka. I didn't even watch Bad Batch Season 2. There's just it's so many, so many things. I need, I need some rest, period, man. I need times in between. I need a good... Give me a movie. Don't give me so many shows. And that's kind of the thing going on with Marvel, too. They've really specced into shows. And Loki's great. But it's just... I, I don't really care about much else. It, it's hard to be invested in something when there's so much of it. Now, that isn't always necessarily a bad thing. But right now, there's there's just there's too much of it. But, you know, I'm kind of into that stuff. You know, I can go on even more. Transformers, Ninja Turtles. You know, basically, I guess the stuff that I like is the things that I like. It's the same stuff I liked when I was a little kid. And so, you know, I guess take from that what you will. I tried to play D&D last summer, 2022. But it's just not quite for me. That being said, I'm sure that if I were to, like, make... Because, like, I love the D&D creatures. A lot of them are based off of different mythologies, and the lore, I know D&D, &D, I don't know really how the lore works. I don't know if there is a set lore or if the lore is just whatever you make of it. You know, you can make your own lore because that's definitely something that happens. But anyway, I, I like just the characters and like the, the classes and the monsters and stuff. That stuff is cool. But when it came to actually playing it, it's so hard to invest myself. And I'm wondering if maybe if I were to take that next step and... <laughs> make a physical costume for myself out of like cardboard and crap i'm sure i'm sure that would be it i don't know maybe we'll have to try it again <laughs> i like video games I'm, I'm i guess i'm just your basic guy you know there, there's so many people out there who are literally me who i'm literally them but you know i'm also really into art you know like physical art i draw a lot uh, not as much as i used to but i draw i ink i like to color too in fact, I got, I have like a bunch of alcohol markers that I use, and I love alcohol markers. Shout out to my mom, shout out to my girlfriend, I love you guys. They gave those, they gifted those to me, and I use them so often, it is insane how, many, how much I use those markers. They're great, but you know, alcohol markers, definitely my favorite, you know, medium, and like physical, actually, like doing it with pencil, paper, whatever, right? I love doing that kind of stuff. And... I think that stems back from when I was younger on the family computer. I used to, I used to always be on the family computer, whether it was looking at YouTube or playing some 
fun, not fun brain. I didn't play fun. Well, actually, no, I played fun brain. My sister showed me, and I was like, yo. But playing some online flash games, new grounds, you know how it works. My my early 2000s kids, you, you know the vibe. I used to always go on MS Paint. And on MS Paint, I would draw everything. <laughs> there are so many pictures of Spider-Man. My mom printed all these out and she laminated them. And so they are immortalized. <laughs> and so I used to draw with the mouse all the time too. And if actually you know, look at the, I guess, not logo, but like the, the profile picture for this show, it's... It's not quite drawn in MS Paint, but just to stay true to that kind of fashion, I, I drew it with a mouse. I like to do musical art. I've been playing the saxophone for nearly a decade, which is absolutely insane to me because it's really, it's, I started, I would have started late 2014, early 2015. That is just such a long time. That's to, to, to dedicate yourself to something. Man, saxophone, it really just opens up a completely different part of me. Kind of that self-expression you get. Now, sometimes you have your good days, sometimes you have your bad days, but when I'm playing my saxophone on a good day, and it does what I want it to do, and it sounds how I want it, it's just, it's a beautiful experience, man. But I just love to play the saxophone, and I, I love to get better and to improve, and when it comes to saxophone, I guess I should be more specific. I enjoy, I play alto saxophone, and I really enjoy jazz. Classical's fine, I, it's just, to me, it's not quite... Jazz. I love to play jazz music. I love the expression. I love the the way I can kind of reflect what I'm feeling. And that is by no means a slight against classical music or classical musicians. That's some really hard work, and it requires a. It's just there are different kinds of disciplines, but it, it's just as impressive, if not even more. And then way back in the day, I say way back in the day, like it wasn't two years ago, <laughs> when I was in high school, I did theater. I was in just about every production. I only missed one. I was in plays. I loved musical theater. Musical theater is so fun. I think that's because it combines music, which, yeah, saxophone, music. Music is just such a big part of my life. I listen to music, like, all the time. I can't do anything without listening to music. But musical theater, being able to sing and dance and act, it's just, it's, it's like everything I like about just about the arts in general, like, just jam-packed into one thing. I'm not really much of a dancer, but, I mean, if you tell me to do it on stage and we rehearse it for a long time, then yeah, I'll enjoy it a little bit. But you know, in high school, my notable some notable roles, just in the last two years, I played Daddy Warbucks and Annie, and I played Professor Harold Hill in The Music Man, probably my favorite role of all time. It was a really nice role to kind of, it was my senior year of high school, so to just to, to leave out on something like that, it was excellent. And Harold Hill definitely was the most interesting to play because he, to play Harold Hill, I think that required the most acting from me. Me and Harold Hill are completely different people. <laughs> you know, Harold Hill, he's a swooner. He's a smooth talker. He's fast talking. He's a con man. You know, he's dishonest. Those are, those are like his five pillars of character. <laughs> and I'm the opposite of all of those things. And so to have to play the swooner, so I have to play the smooth talker, fast talking salesman con man. Man, that was it was rough, but it was so much fun just to actually to to, to be someone so different than who I am. But yeah, I and I think a lot of what these come down to, kind of that theater interest and whatnot, is that I really like to entertain. Entertaining has always been something that I love to do, whether it be playing the saxophone, whether it be on stage performing. There was a production we did where I just ad-libbed like half of my lines because I wanted to be funny and make people laugh. Not really minor, but didn't really have many lines. And so I wanted to have more fun and I'd give myself some more lines. And, you know, the directors weren't opposed to it, so I did it. But that, that entertainment, I love to make people feel happy. I like to make people laugh. That's always been something I enjoy doing. And so, or just find value in something. And so with my art, with my saxophone, my my performances or even some of my physical art with the project that I really want to do for physical art eventually in the future it's done kind of as kind of like my little dream project but also because I want to make it with the intent that people will look at it and just find value in it they'll laugh they'll they'll be sad they'll 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 feel something with it and I think that's great I think the kind of art that actually makes you feel a little something that's just, that's a that's as good as it is. You know, that that's the best kind of stuff. 
And, you know, it's kind of sad here in college. I don't really do those things as much anymore, but that's just because I'm more busy with, like, studies. You know, I actually had a major change. I used to, when I first came here, I was a math major. And so as a math major, I had, like, no fun times ever, and I was miserable, and I was a robot. Literally, I was dreaming about numbers, man. I was dreaming about calculus equations, and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> so I, I had to, I had to stop. Of course, I'm going to get the minor because I've done like 90% of the work, but it was rough because I didn't really have that much time. I kind of lost a lot of time to do the arts. I don't perform in theater as, I don't perform in theater anymore. Of course, I still play my horn because I'm in band, but I don't draw as much anymore because I've just been so busy. In the last school year, let's see, first year of college was last year, and it was, it was an experience. <laughs> It's like they, everything is very individualized to you. It, it's awesome. I love that. And so last year, I, that was really evident. You know, there was only like seven of us in my Calc 2 class. And that's because nobody wants to take Calculus 2. So, you know, that's also part of it. I had a final or was it a midterm? I don't know. I had a math, I had a Calc 2 test in the morning. And I was studying up till, you know, just past midnight. And then I hear something coming from the room next to me, my neighbor. And I just heard a girl, like, I thought she was just laughing, and I was like, oh my goodness, can you laugh a little bit quieter? And I'm just trying to do my work, and and she keeps giggling, she keeps laughing, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm trying to focus. And then I, <laughs> I hear some thumping and springs moving, and I have a shocking revelation. And I was haunted because at this point in time, I wanted to go to sleep. And the way that the room was set up, my bed is against the wall. On the other side of this wall that my bed is against is another bed. That's where my neighbor is. My neighbor and his lady friend are chilling. They're hanging out. And so it's kind of hard to go to sleep. It's kind of hard to do anything when I can hear all of these strange, horrific noises. Um, my friends kind of tease me about it. He's like, oh, you just cover, cover your ears, curl up in a ball, put your headphones in. And I did put my headphones in, but I could still, I'm right against the wall and the walls are thin. And so it's just, it's just this whole thing, man. Goodness. And before this, I guess we're, we're kind of going out of order, but whatever. I came in the school and I have my little Cash App card. It's not my main card. It's just for, like, when I travel. I don't want to have my main card with me at all times because what if that gets stolen? I'm okay if my Cash card gets stolen as opposed to my actual, like, card, bank card. Well, it happened. I ended up dropping my Cash card somewhere, and I didn't think much of it. I thought it was somewhere in my room. I thought if I did drop it, maybe it's at Walmart. I don't know. I, d I just didn't think I dropped it on campus, and if I did... Oh, well, it's just my Cash App card. Somebody, somebody, people here aren't dumb enough to use my card, to, to, to steal somebody's card. That's kind of, a th okay, I'm sorry, a little, little stitch, a little rant here. Why would you steal somebody's card and then use it to buy something? And then use, like, your information? Because it's not like cash, look me teaching you guys how to be criminals, <laughs> I guess. But it's not like cash to where it's it's untraceable unless the owner of the wallet or whatever has like all of the, the whole freaking each serial number of each dollar bill note like memorized. But no, if you steal somebody's card and then you take it somewhere and it gets scanned or you buy something online and you use your contact information, your address, your name, why would you do that? You People, people can track that. It's not like if you steal and like oh they'll never find out it's you steal and it's gonna be a matter of time before they find out I, d I don't understand why you would steal somebody's card information because it's it's so easy to track that but anyway somebody on campus had my cash card and i didn't really know because i thought it was somewhere in my room well i get a notification from cash app saying that i spent i don't even remember uh, at a clothing company online and I was like, I don't remember doing that. But sure enough, it was in my email and it was in my cash app that I had just spent that much. However much I spent. Somebody has my card and they are using it to buy stuff. 
And so I canceled my card. But then just like the day after, maybe even the day of, I get a knock on my door and it's my RA and he goes, I believe this belongs to you. And it's my my cash card. And keep in mind, this cash card's awesome. It's a limited edition. It has this really cool design on it, a little bit of gold accents. It's cool. But I just canceled it and it's no longer usable. And so I was like, oh man, I just canceled it. Somebody stole it. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, oh, well, somebody, like it was an anonymous drop off. And that's when I was like, yep, so that means somebody on campus. That means somebody on campus. It's not just somebody down the street. It is somebody in my building. And so I got to work. I found out who it was, and I emailed them. I go, hey, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I basically told them, I know you stole my card. I know you used it to buy these things. I don't really feel like getting the law super involved. And so... I would appreciate it if you would give me my money back or give me the clothes that you bought. Of course, I wasn't going to use them, but my girlfriend was low-key like, are the, are the clothes cute? What size are they? You know. <laughs> and so the girl who stole my card opted to pay me back because, well, she bought herself clothes for a reason, right? Now, here's the thing. If she used my card and like bought groceries or something, I would totally understand if she like bought food. Because that, that's a necessity, but like a slim-fitting dress that to, to go out in, that's not a necessity. She ended up giving me more than what she paid, and I was like, you don't have to give me more. Like, it's fine. And she goes, no, you can keep it, you know, for your trouble. I was like, for my trouble, you're the one who stole my car. But anyway, I was like, thank you. And so really what happened was I made an investment, and I got more than I invested, I suppose. I guess that's really what it is. <laughs> uh. So now I'm ready to invest in stocks and win big. That was definitely an interesting time. And then I ended up ordering a new cash card. And this cash card is its designed by me. It's not a limited edition design. It's actually my design. And I think it looks pretty sick. It's inspired by my girlfriend, who is my muse. She's also an inspiration for another piece that I've done before. I know it's kind of simpy, but hey, isn't that kind of the whole point of having a girlfriend? Well, not the whole point, but, you know, you have a girlfriend, you're not going to hype her up, you're not going to to simple for her. Like, literally, she's like my girlfriend, you know what I'm saying? And if you are so annoyed by the fact that I mentioned my girlfriend here and there, I apologize, truly. GSB, it's good for you. I heard it also helps if you, I don't know, maybe if you were to drink a warm glass of milk, take a nap, think about what you've done, and you come out a better man. So, there you go. And then, you know, kind of just regular school stuff, honestly. There, it, it, overall, it wasn't super, like, crazy or notable. I stayed in a lot. I didn't go out very much. I didn't socialize very much. I was kind of just figuring myself out in this new environment. But then, we'll just we'll fast forward to the end of the school year my moving out day. I was super stressed and all over the place the day I was moving out. And that's because I opted to have my sign out, my checkout, at 11 a.m. on the day of my last final, which was at 10 a.m. And so that doesn't sound too bad. That's pretty manageable. The thing is, I did not start unpacking and putting things away until the day before my last final. <laughs> And that is because I was working on a take-home final all day. And then I wanted to finish my art piece that I was working on because I wanted to get it scanned and sent in properly to the art journal. And so that whole day before the final, I was just working on those two things. And then I realized, oh my goodness, I have to pack. I have to check in, check out tomorrow. And so... You know, I'm about to go to sleep, so like I'm I'm pretty much just in my shorts. I'm not about to go to sleep, but you know, as soon as I was done with these things, I was planning on going to bed. And so I'm just in my shorts, and then I realize I have a whole bunch more stuff to do in, in the in the way that I have to pack. And so I had my laptop on my bed, I had my art piece on my desk, and I my whole room was turned inside out. And I was kind of running around in just my shorts, you know, making the loudest noises, tripping over stuff. It was it was it was quite the spectacle, I suppose. 
but making all these noises, putting everything in boxes, taking things out of boxes, like I put other things inside them. It was just this whole thing. And it probably wouldn't be as bad. It's just that when I came to school last year, I brought a whole bunch of stuff. Actually, I didn't bring too much stuff, but I got a bunch of stuff during the school year. And so to take it all back, you know, like, oof. Now, I did visit home a few times throughout last school year. And each time that I visited, I brought home some clothes. Like during the summer season, I took home all of my, you know, fall slash winter clothes because I didn't need them. But man, I was just running all around the room, putting things in different boxes, taking a quick second break to type a couple extra things on my keyboard, and then going back to my desk to color something in real quick. And it was just this whole little, this chaotic cycle. And then I realized I need to take these things to my car. And so I live on the second floor. And my car, the the, the parking for that building that I used to live in is absolute, it's just garbage. It's It's so bad. And my car wasn't too close to the building. And so I had to like, to carry things from the from the upstairs go all the way downstairs and then go to my car and then there was only one door that i could get in through that was close to my car and so i'd have to bring my wallet with me so i didn't lock myself out and this repeating just going up and then down and up and then down and then up and then down it was a mess but that's what i get for procrastinating that's that's a lesson here folks don't procrastinate if you gotta go do something you do it as soon as you can about midnight is when I started packing, and then come about 3.30, and I'm like, you know what? I'll do the rest of this in the morning. I finished my final. I finished my art piece. I'll finish packing in the morning. And so about 3.30, I lay down, and then at exactly 7 a.m., my alarm goes off. But before the just the, 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 a split second, the, the nanosecond any noise came out of my phone, I stood up jumped right out of bed and got to work putting stuff in boxes running around the room taking stuff out of boxes you know the whole thing i was doing the night before taking things to my car coming back up and down and up and down and up and down and i was done by like 9 30 and i felt great i went to the library got my final printed out got my thing scanned my art piece scanned went to my last final i went to my dorm made sure everything was gone got checked out and i was gone and then I got home, and then I chilled for a little bit, and I crashed crazy that night because I was so tired. So yeah, that's the moral of the story, folks. Don't hold off on doing something that is urgent. Unless you're, like, really busy, you know, like, I can do this. You can always push it back to a different time. No. <laughs> and then I was free to live my summer. And in my summer, I was I was pretty busy. I... Let's go on and talk about the most exciting thing I did all summer first. I did live gigs, live performances at this local barbecue restaurant in my hometown. And it was awesome. It was such a nice introduction to that kind of area. We were actually supposed to do it in the summer of 2022, me and a couple of buddies. But one of them, Garrett, <coughs> got a job working around. I keep saying a round. Got a job working around the state, and so he was never home, never in our town. We could never practice together. And it's pretty important whenever he's playing piano, and our other guy's playing drums, and I'm playing alto slash singing, and so it's kind of hard to practice with just a drummer. But hey, especially because I want to, uh, I want to improvise. We're doing mostly jazz tunes. You know, I'm kind of glad it didn't work out because that summer is whenever I, summer of 2022 is whenever I pretty much started dating my girlfriend. I don't know why I say pretty much. It literally is. <laughs> I got a job working... Well, first of all, we just started hanging out a lot near the end of the school year and then into the summer. And then I got a job working as a farmhand on her farm, and my friends gave me so much crap for that because, well, let me, let me, get, let me paint you folks a picture. Because a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do not know that many. You look at me. I My parents are both from Mexico. It's evident by looking at me. You know who my parents are. You know that I'm Mexican. Look at me. I'm a very dark brown color. I'm darker than like both of my parents. My father, when he came to this country, the United States, on his own, by the way, which is kind of like crazy. And honestly, just real quick, shout out to my parents. Definitely goaded. They are my heroes. They've worked so hard. They raised me to be who I am today. And 
you know, thank you for making me, I guess. And thank you for being so cool. And I'm so proud of both of them. But yeah, my father, when he first came to this country on his own, he was, he is what, he, he was what you call a migrant agricultural worker. You know, this is way back in like the 80s. And so, you know, he worked on fields and plantations and farms, picking stuff and harvesting things as his livelihood. That was his job. And here I am, decades later, working on a farm, and my girlfriend and her family just so happened to be Caucasian. I'm sorry, ancestors. And so my friends, you know, just, just kind of take from that what you will, but my friends kind of gave me a lot of flack for that, and it was really funny. It wasn't like out of bad taste, like, come on, bro, your dad did not come to this country for you to do exactly what he did. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm picking strawberries <laughs> here and there. Oh, my goodness. And that's kind of what your best friends are for. Are they really your best friends if they don't give you all the crap in the world? That also tells you that they're just going to be by your side when you need it the most. Like I said, I love my guys. They're all great. But anyway, that was <laughs> a little thing there. But anyway, we didn't do the gig last summer, but that's okay because I had a job going on that last summer and that summer of 2022. But anyway, back to this summer. Because I couldn't do the gigs in the summer of 2022, I, I had that hankering. I had that, that want, that need to do another gig, to do an act, to do gigs. And so I reached out to the people at the restaurant and they were still, they, they wanted me to be there in summer of 2022. And so when I asked if I could be there for summer of 2023, they were thrilled. They were like, absolutely. And so I prepared some tunes, some jazz, some kind of just recognizable ones. Of course, I played Careless Whisper just about every night because that's the crowd pleaser. I'm playing for tips. I want money. I got to play with the people like, and I got to play with the people who know. But, you know, I did tunes like um, one of my favorites was Girl from Ipanema because that was one that I could sing and one that I could play my horn over. And it, it was just a great time. Did a couple of Elvis songs. I had my girlfriend on. I did four gigs this summer. And my girlfriend was in for one of them. And she's a really she has a really beautiful voice. She sings. And so I played my horn and she sang. Or sometimes we had a duet. And it was just it was a great time. We were both kind of stressed. But it, it was an awesome time. Very much appreciate having that time, that opportunity. Also during the summer, I was a math tutor for um, this little girl. And it was a really good experience because, as we all know, I'm an elementary education major now. And so to be able to actually work with the little kid and kind of explain things in different terms and adjust the way I'm teaching, it's it's good stuff. I like having that kind of experience. And we made really good progress. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm proud of, of how far we went, especially when you consider where we started. And then, again, this year I worked on the farm with my girlfriend. And it, it was just a great, it was just a good summer. I, I kept busy, and it was a fun time. Hung out with some friends. Went to Red River um, with my boys. Great summer. Leading back into the school year. Kind of normal so far. Except this year I'm definitely going out more. I don't stay in, and that's just because I, I know these people more. I, I know I'm more confident, I'm more comfortable. It's just a lot easier to be in this kind of environment now. And, you know, this is kind of funny. Being an uh, LM major, I'm actually starting to be a lot more knowledgeable and conscious of any lessons that I am now part of, because the whole weird part of what we're learning right now is in my principles and strategies of education class is kind of lesson plans and unit plans. I have a, a giant book full of Kansas standards from grades, for, you know, from my kindergarten to fifth grade. And so I have all these standards. It's for every subject, too, because if you're an elementary school teacher, you teach, like, everything. And so I have this huge, thick book that's full of all these standards. And so whenever I'm in a lesson, I'm like, how does this apply to the standards, taking everything apart and dissecting it? So, you know, now that my majors changed, last year, you know, I struggled with the freaking numbers and everything. This year, I'm, I'm starting to like think about the lesson planning and whatever and everything. But I'd much prefer to do that than to, like I said, do calculus problems in my dreams 
and then wake up super tired and sad because I didn't have a cool dream. I had a dream. I had a dream where I was at my desk and I was doing integrals. And that is just, that's so boring. But yeah, here we are in October. Let's see, October, October. Spooky month. Um, the other episode that should release with uh, alongside this one, or at least around the same time, it's kind of October theme. Not really. It's a cryptid tier list. Like, okay, I don't know why I didn't do like monster tier list. I feel like that makes way more sense. Maybe some other time. Maybe next year. But yeah, October episode. So we got to make it spooky. You know, how do we make it spooky, scary? Recently, it was Friday the 13th. And it hasn't been Friday the 13th in October for like five years, six years. And so, you know who I got to talk about regarding Friday the 13th. You know, the best horror slasher to ever paint the screen red. Of course, I'm talking about Jason Voorhees. He's the best one out there. You can say it's Michael Myers. You can argue about literally anybody. But you're just arguing. You're just talking to a brick wall because Jason Voorhees stomps every other one to the ground. Okay, he is goaded, and I will die on this hill. You know, bro was bullied and then became an unstoppable force. He, let's see, where has Michael Myers been? Hmm, what, this, doesn't he just like, honestly, I'm going to say this, I don't know much about Michael Myers, but to, from what I know, he hasn't been to any of the same places as Jason. Let's see, Jason has been to, hmm, let's see, he started off in Camp Crystal Lake, of course. He's been to NYC, the Big Apple. Man went to Manhattan in Part 8 for, like, no reason at all. But, hey, I'm here for it. And then, let's see, he went to hell and came back. And then, let's see, he went to outer space. Are you? Do you understand? Outer space. From tiny little, little lake to <laughs> International Space Station. Yeah. Yeah, move over, Michael Myers, okay? Jason Voorhees is super strong, and he's awesome, and he's literally me. <laughs> no, I really like him. I, I'm in middle school. Last time, uh, I guess, oh, I would have been in middle school last time. It was Friday the 13th in October. I was Jason Voorhees for Halloween that year, and so your boy dressed up as Jason Voorhees on Friday the 13th, and I scared people. Even on Halloween, I scared a bunch of kids. Because I've always been a big guy. I'm a huge guy. And so to see this huge guy dressed up in Jason Voorhees and I'm walking like him and I'm doing the same mannerisms as him. I have a Bluetooth speaker going, ch -ch -ch. <laughs> you know, like it's it's on. I was taking that role very seriously in middle school. I was also a volunteer in a haunted house project thing where I played Jason Voorhees. And then this one high schooler was trying to ask me who I was and all this. And then I revealed to her I was a middle schooler, and then she stopped talking to me. So, yeah, Jason Voorhees, goaded, that's me. Let's, let's repeat that one more time for the folks at home. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, and then I would hand out candy sometimes in the, in the last few years as Jason Voorhees or as the Grim Reaper or whatever. And when I hand out that candy, I, I put on the crazy eyes, and I'm all nonverbal, and I do the Jason things, and you have little kids knocking on your door, and they see this huge, towering person in the Jason costume, and of course it scares them, but then sometimes I take the mask off to say, hey, it's okay, it's just me. But no, I, I love the spooky season. I love to be Jason Voorhees. And you know what? I just covered spooky season that's that's October, that's Halloween, happy Halloween, happy spooky season. Back to the regularly scheduled program, which would take us directly right back into our freaking review section. Um, Let's see, I, was, I wanted to watch Blue Beetle this summer, but it is my shame, I missed Blue Beetle. However, I did get to go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, and right now I do apologize... Um, somebody's playing piano in the room next to me, and so if you can hear that. But anyway, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Man, I loved it. It was... It, I didn't know what to expect going into it. I just saw that the art style was... It was different, and that was just... That was enough to pull me over. 
you know, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse has done so much for 3D animation, just animation in general. And I think that is just, it's absolutely phenomenal. The amount of, the, the personalization, the, the, the style that comes in 3D animation nowadays. Um, the Mitchells versus the Machines, I think is what it's called, as a Netflix movie. You have Puss in Boots 2. I don't know why, but that movie went so hard. Why is, like, Puss in Boots 2, of all things, it was, the, anim- the animation style was different. It was more colorful and vibrant. It was kind of more watercolor-esque. And a lot of people will just refer to this style as the Spider-Verse style, but no, they're all their own styles. Like I said, Spider-Verse definitely influenced a bunch of other studios and it opened the door, but to just say that everything is Spider-Verse, that's, that's not correct at all. But anyway... I noticed that Ninja Turtles was a different style, and I was excited, and it did not let me down at all. I loved that the Ninja Turtles were actually teenagers this time around. Not just, you know, age-wise, they're always teenagers, that's in their name. Their voice actors were actual teens, and they had teenage voices, and they spoke the teenage language. I thought that was hilarious. It's going to be really dated. But that's kind of always been the Ninja Turtles. They'd be saying Kawabunga. You're still saying Kawabunga, dude? Come on. You know, we have them saying, what were they saying? They said, talk, they talked about Riz for a minute. You know, just the stuff that's from now. And it's a little cringy, you know, to maybe some people. But I think it's great that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are teenagers. And they act like teenagers and they talk like teenagers. And the jokes in this movie were pretty funny. Of course, not everyone's gonna land, but there are some nice running jokes. Oh, spoilers! For Ninja Turtles and Mortal Kombat 1 2023. But there was this whole joke about Splinter wanted the Ninja Turtles to be hidden away so that the government doesn't take them and milk them. And you think, oh, that's funny. And then the government finds them and then takes them away. And they're getting, like, their fluids or blood, something sucked out of them. And then later you find out that the machine is called the Mega Milker 2000 or something. They are literally being milked. And that was really funny. uh, The voice cast in this movie was phenomenal. It's star-studded. Aside from the teenagers, you have people like Paul Rudd and Ice Cube, John Cena, Seth Rogen. Of course, so many more. I can't even think. Uh, Jackie Chan. And they all did. They were great. As Jared said before, Jackie Chan, that's such a perfect casting for Splinter. It's so, you know, it's out of the box, but it definitely makes so much sense. It's perfect casting. Let's talk about the post credit scene for a minute. We had Shredder at the end. Never before in my life have I been so hyped to see Shredder of all people. And then that one lady, she was kind of dressed. If you, I don't know if you guys noticed. I forgot what her name was, but she had... Her name was like Cynthia Uzbek or something. I don't know. It's the, it's the race of aliens that the Krang, that Krang is. I was going to say Oshtek, but that's like Mortal Kombat. But you know, her last name was that. And if you looked at her design, she was low-key dressed like the original Krang from the 80s. So she had like the red glasses and she had like some yellow, white, red. So I'm wondering if that's kind of what they're going for. But I think that's awesome. And then just honestly, this movie just made me feel like a little kid again. I don't know how, I don't know why, but man. And just, just to talk about the art style again real quick. I loved how everything in the movie was so asymmetrical and ugly. It fits so well for the Ninja Turtles. I love it. (laughs) And I loved how a lot of particle effects, a lot of explosions, if you looked at them, they just looked like like little marker, like little swirlies and stuff. Like you just kind of scribbled and stuff. It was was awesome. I can't really think of anything bad to say about the movie, and that's only because I've seen it once. I'm sure if I saw it again, I could say, hey, I didn't like that they did this, but... This is going off the first watch. The only thing I could really say against it is that Master Splinter isn't like an actual, like, genuine master of martial arts or anything. In the originals, he's either a rat pet of Master Hamato Yoshi. You know, so he, Hamato trains, and the rat watches him and mimics him. Or, he is actually like a mutated version of Hamato himself. And so, usually, he, he, he is some kind of martial arts master. But in this one, he's just a regular old rat. And that's fine. But I just think that it makes more sense for him to be a genuine master. So that his boys are actually masters of stealth and martial arts and shadows and all that. And I think it also makes sense because Shredder, 
Shredder, his identity is usually Rokusaki. Um, and he and Splinter, or Hamato, usually have a lot of beef. Because yeah, I think it's usually over a girl or something. But they actually have this hatred towards each other. Genuine hatred. And there's adaptations where Shredder killed Hamato and his pet rat lives to avenge him. Which is awesome. Or Orokusaki hunts after Hamato. Hamato ends up in New York and he gets mutated into a rat man. And he still swears vengeance against Oroku because they're enemies. Just this, this long history of hatred toward each other. And so I'm wondering if they're going to try to replicate that in this sequel. And let's move on to our Mortal Kombat 1 review. There's a lot of stuff to say, but I'm just going to say it really quick because I don't want this episode to be too long. <laughs> I love the roster of this game. We have returning fighters that haven't been in Mortal Kombat, playable in Mortal Kombat, for like almost 20 years. People like Ashra, Natara, Limei, Reiko, Havoc. I would say Tanya, but she was an MKX as a DLC character. Shujinko, he's a cameo, but he's still in this one. Motaro, he's still a cameo, but he's still in this one. And then, of course, even though he's been in the last few games, he was missing in 11. Everyone's favorite green ninja, move over Lloyd. <laughs> we have Reptile. And the way they did Reptile was just great. They appealed to the whole Reptile fan base because he's either a giant lizard man creature monster or he's like a human disguise for a creature human monster so basically he either looks really human or he looks really reptilian and with this um game they, they literally they did both he has a human form and he has a reptile form when he does reptile moves he turns into his reptile form normally he's in his human form so it, it just makes sense and so just an absolutely great roster aside from those 3d era characters who are coming back they, I mean, you have your solid ones. You have, of course, you have your Sub-Zero, Scorpion, Raiden, Katana, and Liu Kang. You can't have a Mortal Kombat game without those. Though I would like if they eventually tried doing it without those characters, because I love Raiden as much as the next guy, I guess. But we, we can, he can sit out one game, right? Scorpion and Sub-Zero, though, I don't think you could ever do a Mortal Kombat game without those two. Those two are like the most iconic characters in the entire game. The whole entire 30-year history, those two are the standouts. They're the most iconic. Several of the characters are just palette swaps of them. The overall gameplay is actually really good. It takes everything that worked in Eleven, and the way, and kind of like the the presentation and like the way the neutrals work and whatever, the like the the speed of it of the whole game. But it is, let me tell you, it, it's 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 a lot of fun to play. And I love the cameo system. I definitely would have liked it if there was a tag system like in Mortal Kombat 9. But the cameos are great. Um, they open the door for so much more experimentation and combinations. They're really good for helping characters out. Like Garrus. I'm trying to learn Garrus. Garrus has like no overheads. He only has two. And so I've been using Scorpion with him because Scorpion cameo has literally... He has an overhead move. And so... You know, there's a lot of stuff like that. You can compensate for a character. You can go really into a character's specialities. There's, just, there's a lot of things you can do. It's awesome. And the story's really cool. I like the new spin on everything. Lots of references to Mortal Kombat 9. There's a scene where Raiden and Luke King are having a conversation about whether Johnny Cage is really a hero. And in Mortal Kombat 9, Raiden and Luke King had that exact conversation, except the roles were switched. It's um, it's really awesome to, to see uh, callbacks and stuff like that. It was cool to see all the variants near the end, but I'll go ahead and get... I'll talk more about that in the cons section. I like the memes that have come out of this game. There's that new Quan Chi Wojak meme of him pointing back. And just to cap it off, I love the aesthetics of this game. The graphics are beautiful. The attention to detail is immaculate. The vibrance, the colors, the... Just the stages, I love the stages. I love the new Living Forest. The Sundo Day Stage is probably my favorite one. Just it, this, I love the essence of this game. I love the art style. I love everything. Now on to the dislike. Here's the thing. I love this game, but there are so many problems with it. For one, the online service is whack. Now, it's definitely been improved since launch, but oh my goodness, it was so hard to play online because sometimes you just have to play with people who have bad connection. Mortal Kombat... Even though this game isn't quite as fast-paced as past ones, you sh you need to be able to play in real time. Lag is not good to have in a fighting game. 
or really any game. And so that's definitely a big problem. But like I said, I think they're, they've been working on it. It's been getting better. The Invasions mode, it's a brand new mode. They were like, hey, we're introducing a brand new mode. No more Crypt. We're going to have Invasions instead. It, it sucks. I'm going to be honest. It's so boring. It's, it's, it reminds me of kind of like the Challenge Towers in Mortal Kombat 9, except those were like fun and interesting and each one was different. But here it's just like, it's like a tabletop RPG. I don't even know what to call it, to be completely honest. It's fine. It's a good way to level up your character real quick, but and it's a good way to unlock random gear for your characters. You know, now we have character mastery. You know, you play this character this often, you level them up with XP that you get specifically for this character, and you can unlock taunts and finishers and, you know, skins and gear, whatever, for the character. And that's cool. That's for more specific stuff. But just for, like, overview, like, hey, I'm just go through here, and maybe I'll unlock a cool gear piece for some random character I don't play, or some character I do play, you know, that's that's kind of what the Invasions mode is for, and it's it's fine for that. Something, I get so annoyed whenever I come across a secret fight, that's, that should be so cool, a secret fight, but they're always so lame, and they're so often, they're, they're so common, I don't want to have to do a secret fight after every single fight. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't gotten a secret fight after my secret fight, and then getting an ambush, oh my god. You know, these are supposed to be things that are like, oh, I better, I better focus up. Oh, man. But every time these come up, I'm just like, ugh, come on, hurry up. And the, and the movement in this mode also is really slow. But anyway, Invasions, it's not as cool as it could have been. But, you know, they have a lot of time to fix it. Maybe they'll make it cooler. The customization has been narrowed down, and I think that's great, because in Mortal Kombat 11, every person had three pieces of gear. Which is definitely better than Injustice 2, where you had their head, their arms, their torso, and their legs. <laughs> there are some things, and this is still kind of a problem in MK1, that are just so small and it's in, that are just so small and insignificant. That why should this be customizable? Melina, her size are customizable, but they are so small that you don't really see them too much in gameplay. They don't really take up that much real estate, and so I, I definitely wonder why they made that customizable especially whenever her mask is such a big part of her character let's make her mask the customizable option but yeah just little things like that customization i like how it's been narrowed down but you know the negative aside from the small things uh, here and there is that this the skins are kind of whack right every character has like two or three skins and that's fine but most of the skins are just so boring and a lot of the skins, you know, a lot of the things you unlock, they're just palette swaps of skins that already exist. And that's fine. I think it's fine to have different colorways for different skins. That's cool. But some of them are just so ugly. And right now, the first season that came out, you know, the Spectre or whatever for Scorpion, every single seasonal skin is shades of orange, yellow, and red. And so these people just look like they work at McDonald's. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not very intimidating. It's really annoying. And this next season is going to be like Blood or whatever. It's like Natara's season. And so we're going to have more red. And that's cool, but man, we need more variety in colors. We need more variety in skins. Right now, Scorpion definitely has like the best skins. He has his main skin. He has his Order of Light skin, which is really cool. His Order of Darkness skin, which you get from Invasions, is awesome. And all the colorways for that are awesome. And then right now, his Day of the Dead costume just came out and so i've been rocking that and that's kind of the thing with sub-zero too sub-zero i got the dia de los muertos costume it's the first thing i got as soon as i booted up the game i got him his day of the dead costume and i got the oaxaca skin you know we got a rep that's where my dad's from skins are just whack and the story is cool but the end just didn't feel right i feel like the end was just really rushed and they just so many variants and this is supposed to be kind of like a soft reboot this is like a reboot and it can't be because the Liu Kang in this timeline is from a past timeline, and Garrus is, of course, from Mortal Kombat 11. I feel like there could have been more reboot, less dependence on stuff that has happened before. And even in Mortal Kombat 11, they kind of teased that they were going to talk about the great Kung Lao, and he was going to be such an integral part of the story, and he wasn't. And so it just kind of, yeah, they could have gone different directions, but I, it's still cool. I just wish they would have gone somewhere else that wasn't as dependent on past iterations. There used to be a lot of weird bugs, but they're fixing those as we go. There's kind of missing features in general, though. Like, when I'm playing the game in practice mode, I can't bookmark moves that I want to appear on the screen. And to me, that's insane. I can't make my own lobby online. There's just there's things that 
that feel like such a given. There's no gear loadouts. You can customize your character and you can randomize the gear for every match, but you can't just select the loadout at the beginning of a match. And to me, that makes so much more sense. And there's definitely some balance issues, but that's kind of the thing with all games. And as games go on, they, they adjust certain characters. But all I got to say is nerf Baraka and Cyrax, respectively, together, I don't care. I'm tired of getting hit with the 50% combo, man. It's, man, it's so, you know, there's people like that online too. And that's kind of, that's, that's, just, that's just people. The game can't fix that. Who just know one combo and they, they use that to win. That's all they do. But yeah, nerf Brock and nerf Cyrax. Those guys are insane. And then please, please buff Sub-Zero. He was so good in the beta and now he's just okay. Please buff Sub-Zero. I'm... I'm begging you, NetherRealm, please. I'm a Sub-Zero main, by the way. Anyway, I guess there's also some false advertising going on, like the Combat Pack 1. They unveiled that Johnny Cage would be a cameo for that. But then with the recent Omni-Man reveal trailer, they now the press release now has Janet Cage, a female variant. And I could care less about that. I'm not going to get it anyway. I didn't plan on getting Johnny Cage as a cameo. But I can definitely see how people who expected Johnny Cage are disappointed by that. How this is last minute change. And then also Jean-Claude Van Damme. There was a skin that released for... it was I think it was supposed to be only premium edition owners of the game would get a little Jean-Claude Van Damme premiere skin for Johnny Cage thrown in. He had the likeness and he had the voice. And it was really cool. But he's no longer an exclusive because just a while ago, he was in the premium shop for anyone to get. And for the people that bought the premium edition, there was really no point. I didn't buy the premium edition because I'm not spending more than 70 bucks on a game. Even 70 is ridiculous, but hey, that's not 110, 120. But yeah, there's pretty much no point, except for like early access. And you get some free dragon crystals, so hey, more power to you. And so yeah, those are my quick reviews. Basically, Ninja Turtles, awesome movie. Mortal Kombat. It's a good game. I just wish that they it was more finished and polished before they released it. Also, Natara. Natara in this game is played by Megan Fox, which is cool. I like Megan Fox. Not really. I just grew up and she was in a bunch of movies that I liked. You know, her and Shia LaBeouf, Transformers, right? When I think of great actors, I never really think of Megan Fox. But, you know, that, you know, whatever. But she also can't voice act. Why would you hire somebody who wasn't a voice actor for this game where all the characters are digital and require voice actors? And so hearing Natara speak in this game is always so funny because it's like so robotic, so boring. I think the Megan Fox likeness is awesome. That's great. The voices ain't doing it for me. It's almost like last time when they had Ronda Rousey as Sonya Blade, except that made sense. And... Honestly, I think Ronda got so much crap for that. She wasn't that bad. Especially when you go to Megan Fox now. Perhaps I treated you too harshly. You know, I, I think that's the Mortal Kombat community right now. Coming on to the show, I have some really cool ideas for moving forward. So far, it's just been invite a guest on and we talk. And this episode is the first where it's just me talking to you folks. I think it'd be really cool if... I was able to expand and kind of do more with this. For instance, I had the idea of maybe doing more scripted content. And um, right now I'm in the talks with a buddy of mine to maybe even bring like a radio drama to the Shrimp Fried Talk Show, written by both of us, um, mostly by him. It's his story, but I'd like to adapt it to be kind of a radio drama. And he, he's, he's agreed. And I think that would be so cool to have just more things like that on here. Of course, talk show, it has to remain. I'm, I'm never going to deviate from that, but... Being able to bring scripted content on here, and whether it be comedy, drama, anything like that, I think that'd be so cool, and it would allow us to kind of just do more than we already can. Of course, I want to do more solo episodes, and then I have a lot of episodes planned for like large groups, groups of like three to four people on here at a time. The future of the show is looking great, and so stick with me, and we'll be able to experience that together, folks. So yeah, that's the end. So yeah, plugs, um, shout out to my parents, shout out to my family, shout out to my girlfriend, shout out to my bros, very much appreciate you. Follow me on my Instagram, Fabian underscore Camacho 04, I forgot to mention that in the last one, but I have it. 
Fabian underscore Camacho 04. That's F-A-B-I-A-N underscore C-A-M-A-C-H-O 04. Or Shrimp Man. You can also find me on Instagram with that. <laughs> Have a happy Halloween. If you don't celebrate Halloween, why, you still have a fantastic day. Thank you kindly for listening. I'll be back next month with another solo episode and another episode with a feature, a guest. So that should be exciting. Have a great night. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Um. Oh, don't laugh. Well, don't don't you ever laugh as a hearse goes by you know the rest yeah <laughs>